Well now, got about an hour until those little ghouls and goblins start diddy-bopping up the trail to my current location. All dressed up as things I don't recognize, but oh how I enjoy their eager little attempts to ingratiate themselves to the weird and scary season. And all the things that make themselves known during such. They may not understand the importance of the contract, the knocking on doors and the treats given, but they do their part regardless. Got a tray of candy by the door for them, little troopers, doing their darndest to hold back the dark. Now don't think this excuses you in any way from completing your task. You're still telling us all a story of a storm, of hands slapping at the siding, whispers coming in through the window, shrieks of the wind, maybe. Get it done by Sunday. Until then, I suppose I should welcome you. So welcome to the Hooks of Horror Halloween minisode, the culmination of a month-long contest and the announcement of the winner of said contest. I'll be reading them eh, kind of in order. I'm still new to this whole Twitter thing. And for all of you who don't know what the contest was, it was to write a single tweet horror story using one of three words we put up on Twitter by the end of October. Yesterday, around 10 a.m. We got a number of good entries, and this episode that you're listening to will be a little shorter. But it's in the spirit of the season. Just bite-sized treats, because not everyone can give away those full bars. Without any further ado, we'll be launching right into them. We start with Caitlin, at Belated Kate. It burns and I feel some pressure, I tell the ophthalmologist. He bends down and gently opens my eyelids to examine. Look up, he instructs, and I do. He steps back, startled. What's wrong? I ask. The pressure intensifies until, with a sharp sting, it emerges from my eye. I'm not sure about you, but that was deeply unsettling. I don't like things in my eyes. I don't like things poking me in the eye, and I certainly don't like the concept of anything emerging from my eye. Well done, Caitlin. Next up we have Ryoko. At Ryoko D. Bark, bark, bark. That infernal barking began again as the gory ice pick fell from her hand. Blood dripped from her ruined eardrums. She thought she had silenced it for good, but it had made no difference. Now the only sound she could hear was the damned barking in her head. I suffer from migraines. I'm not sure if any of you do, but this... this is a little close to home in some instances. Granted, I've never chosen to take an ice pick and shove it in my ears, but occasionally the thought has occurred. Well done, Ryoko. Next we have Adam, at Mellow Nightmare. The crisp night air helps me collect my resolve. No more anxious chattering, giving me pause, or staying my hands from the thing I know I need. Fulfillment is something to strive for, isn't it? I ring the wire taut as she passes and I begin to follow suit. Another hushed shadow. Now I'm not sure if Adam was attempting to intimate an assassination, or perhaps a crime of passion, but creepy it was. 
Next up, we've got Mediocre at Mediocre Stories. The hulking figure stood in the shadows of my bedroom, growling with the occasional bark, its eyes fixed on me. It seemed content feasting on a large lump of meat that was shrouded with darkness. My eyes grew wide in terror as I realized that my husband was not in bed with me. Oh. I don't know what that was, but... I would think that... That would probably be a problem. Mediogre submitted two. And in the nature of the contest, he will receive one entry. However, I will read both. His second. The woman died warning her neighbors of fire in her apartment complex. Years later, after the building's renovation, you can still hear her screaming, Fire! in the dark of night. I've been in some spooky buildings. I've thought I've heard things out in the distance. I certainly wouldn't want to hear that at all. Next up, we have M.M. Kelly, at Kelly underscore M.M. The old tree bark was marred with round spots of moss as he took his lone hike. The moss observed and waited like it always had. He rested against one particularly thick tree and the matted tendrils came to life. He didn't know it until they crushed him into the tree. Kinda gives a whole new meaning to the nature walk idea. Or at the very least a whole new thing to worry about while on a nature hike. I'm not sure I'll be going out into the trees anytime soon. I'd certainly love to see that one developed into a full story. Next we have Elijah Gabriel at M.R. Elijah Gabriel. Those who've lost and those who've loved, how do you feel? Are you living in their shadow? Are you living? Like, really living? Or are you just a hollow piece, waiting to be filled once more? What will make you feel alive again? I hope you find it, or you'll end up like my spirit. Huh. Well, I could imagine hearing this coming over a broken radio. Something deep in the night. Maybe a small radio station out in the desert. Somebody just kind of giving their thoughts out to the darkness. I like it. Next up we have Bimicky. At Bimicky. Bimicky didn't quite understand using one of the three words in the post, but because he did submit a tweet, I figured I'd throw it in here for good measure. I poured a bowl of cereal and looked in the fridge. No milk. Certainly, we've all had lean times of the month between paychecks or jobs where our fridge is a little bare, and that can certainly be troubling. I'm not sure if it's horror-worthy, but it's pretty close. Next up, we have the great Desdemona. At Desdemona. The night is not the absence of light. It is the time we share the earth with our shadows. They are no longer contended with our scraps of night, which have only gotten shorter and shorter through the eras. The dark is getting darker. It is getting angry. It is coming for us. 
a fair warning, one I'd encourage you to take to heart. Keep those lights on. Next is Tara A. Devlin, at Tara A. Devlin. The shadow had always been there, lurking even without light. She once feared it, a boogeyman in the dark, but then grew used to it. Came to appreciate it, even. It wasn't until it was gone that she realized just how much. It was keeping them out. Now the monsters were breaking in. An interesting concept. It's not always the monsters that are bad. Some might keep others at bay. I'd be curious to see where that one would go. I'm sure it could be fleshed out into a whole story. Next up, we have Grant Hilton. At Grant Hilton 3. Even with my eyes shut, it did little to help. The cuddly fur of one ear, my special bear, clutched in my hand, didn't do much either. I knew if I opened them, he would still be there, even though he wasn't. That's the thing about the dead. Sometimes they didn't know they were dead. Grant brings us a story of... Something I've contemplated a couple of times before. What if a ghost, as it were, is just somebody who doesn't quite know that they don't exist in our world anymore? I don't know. I'm I'm sure I could elaborate on that a bit more at some point. Either way. The next entry is from ZubZub, at Zubaran. Honey dripped down the edge of the tree a slow, sticky river that stuck her hand where she'd left it. A forest that wasn't quite bark, but flypaper covered in studded skin. In the shadows, I could see them coming, buzzing softly. There was no need to hurry. They took their time. Like human flypaper. Again, a cautionary tale about nature. Hmm. Maybe stick to park trails and paved walking paths. Next is Dirk DeLint, at Dirk underscore DeLint. He had his back to the window and barely registered the shadow passing between the streetlight and the kitchen window. He would remember it a few minutes later, though, when confronted with the silent mystery of the empty crib. Mm. A stolen child. doesn't bear thinking about. Next, we have Mark from At Digital and Dice. What do you mean you can't hear them? She asked, looking at the neighbor's dogs. I've never heard a dog make any noise, I replied. Watching their mouths silently flap open and closed, I wondered what it was they didn't want me to know. What warning they gave everyone but me. I, too, wonder. Next, we have Joshua Smith, at Saga DMW. She smiled at me, just once. Her smile was perfect. Her eyes were not. They were against each other, against me. In one eye, I could see every joy of creation, every laugh, every birth, every kiss. In the other eye, I only saw myself in the end every end. And then she blinked. That is a very intriguing one. 
I see a lot of potential there. Next we have Joshua Fearsher at Kingfisher Labs. Ben hadn't made it back before the storm hit. In the calm of the eye, Cass went to the barn to check on him. The horses were all in a nervous, whinnying cluster. The thing they shied away from writhed, a squirming mass of fused-together flesh. In Ben's voice it croaked, Help me! Ugh. Fleshy masses. Fleshy masses and startled horses. Seems like a good way to end it. A lot of good entries here, and it's really hard to choose. Now I'm not going to lie, because all of the entries were fantastic, I had a terrible time picking. So what I did, is I left it up to fate. Fate and chance. Every person's name was placed on a list, and then I rolled a dice. A little hard to do, I had to do it a couple of times. But in this way, we picked a winner. And that winner is Caitlin. Caitlin, I'll be contacting you via Twitter. Thank you very much to everyone else who entered, and I'm sure that I will be picking at least two of you to receive, if nothing else, a Hooks of Horror sticker and a button. I know it's not much, but I hope it encourages you to continue listening and try your hand again in the next contest we run. And maybe, just maybe, to write on one of the full prompts. I encourage everyone to take these and develop them say 1500 words minimum. Do this and I'll make another mini episode out of it. Or maybe I'll go a bit longer with it and we'll just throw them all together. But that's that. Thank you to all who contributed and we'll be doing something similar again towards the end of the first season, whenever that will be. Look out for those little ghosts and goblins. Those little ghouls and superheroes, or whatever it is kids are dressing up as these days. Enjoy your Halloween night. Eat candy, watch movies, play games, and read creepypastas. But above all, if there should be a knock at the door after ten, ignore it. Regardless of what it says, what it promises or pleads, just ignore it. Turn out your porch light, shut your curtains, turn up your TV, and wait until morning. We'll see you on the next one.